Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 143 Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications in your faithfulness. Answer me in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing my life to the ground, making me sit in darkness like those long dead. Therefore my spirit faints within me. My heart within me is appalled. I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear of your steadfast love in the morning, for in you I put my trust. Teach me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Save me, O Lord, from my enemies. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on a level path. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your steadfast love, cut off my enemies and destroy all of my adversaries, for I am your servant. 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 18 through 37. When the child was older, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. He complained to his father, Oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. He carried him and brought him to his mother. The child sat on her lap until noon and died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, closed the door on him and left. Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, so I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. He said, Why go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, It will be all right. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not hold back for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Look, There is the Shunammite woman. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is the child all right? She answered, It is all right. When she came to the man of God at the mountain, she caught hold of his feet. Gehazi approached to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for she is in bitter distress. The Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not mislead me? He said to Gehazi, Gird up your loins and take my staff in your hand and go. If you meet anyone, give no greeting, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. And lay my staff on the face face of the child. Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave without you. So he rose up and followed her. 
Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was no sound or sign of life. He came back to meet him and told him, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child lying dead on his bed. So he went in and closed the door with the two of, on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got up on the bed and lay upon the child, putting his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And while he lay bent over him, the flesh of the child became warm. He got down, walked once to and fro in the room, then got up and bent over him. The child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. When she came to him, he said, Take your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she took her son and left. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated with us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Good morning and welcome to the fifth Tuesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. Our readings this morning come to us from Psalm 143, 2 Kings 4, and Ephesians 2. The theme, uh, which is really clear uh, today and yesterday, is uh, resurrection from death. Um, And 2 Kings is uh, kind of this longer story of um, the Shunammite couple and their their child. And they're, they're not named, they're just the Shunammite woman and her child's husband, I think. Um, and it started, I thought that it was kind of like the dad was like, give me a break, get out of here, go to your mom. But I, I suspect he knew that something was wrong. And he, because the child complains of a headache and he goes to his mother and, and dies in her arms, I think. Um, and then she doesn't tell the husband that the child has died. Um, and I don't know if the husband doesn't realize that. Um, but he asks, well, why are you going to the holy man? And I thought it was Elijah at first, but it may always have been Elisha. But he asked, you know, why are you, you know, it's not the day of worship and it's not, you know, a new moon. Um, and she, so she doesn't tell him and she goes. And just as we read in the life of St. Martin uh, on Facebook Live, and I put it on YouTube, um, there's this practice 
uh, in the Old Testament, and uh, I don't think it appears in the New Testament, of uh, when somebody is resurrected from death, um, the practice apparently has been to lay face-to-face on top of the dead person. Um, And it goes into some detail here. Alicia uh, does this, and the, the boy's body, the dead body, begins to warm up and they eventually return to life. And in this case, the child sneezes seven times. Um, and the, uh, uh, the other passage that we read yesterday, which I think was also Kings, I'd have to look, um, they, they uh, do something similar. Um, in the life of St. Martin by Sulpicius Severus, Martin does that, he, a catechumen, when he was a, a deacon, which is, at the time, someone who just helped with um, Christian formation before baptism. Um, when one of his catechumen had died, he laid himself upon the person uh, and uh, face-to-face and made many ejaculations, which in 1894 English, I don't know what the hell that means, um, but I imagine it's like shouting and praying and I don't know what all else. And then eventually the catechumen is raised from death to life. And as odd as that seems, um, the the focus is not the method. The focus is the the miracle that they are brought from death to life. Um, even though these methods are very similar, um, and Severus probably was very familiar with the Bible and perhaps knew of this example and others where prophets could raise the dead to life. Um, as long as it wasn't too long. I mean, three days was a long time, and Jesus being able to do that was all the more miraculous. Um, But uh, in this time of Lent, even without being in the middle of a pandemic, um, we uh, consider uh, ourselves penitents, and we cover the cross in in purple, and um, we uh, look toward Easter, uh, for 40 days before Easter, we fast and we pray and we um, and take uh, participate in penitential liturgies in church. And maybe we, uh, as part of our fast, we do so um, with penance. And a lot of that is remembering that, that we deserve death. We've sinned and uh, do not uh, deserve to, you know, grace or salvation and that we're condemned. Um, and we're not supposed to until Easter remember that, oh my goodness, Christ has died for us. And in, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, um, we are, uh, it is, we're reminded by Paul that um, we are made alive together with Christ. Um, and it's, again, evoking this death to life. And in a normal world, Without a pandemic, that might be something that we do almost entirely liturgically. In the spring, everything's coming back to life. Um, and it's uh, actually it probably is. I mean, we go from the winter time to death. And even though we see all this life popping up in the, in the spring, when uh, in the northern hemisphere we practice um, Lent, uh, we are supposed to be remembering that we are dead or that we deserve death. Um, and so Easter time is a celebration of all this life uh, that is returning from death, that is returning from 
um, being secluded and isolated as we are now. Um, and so this morning, uh, no, I'm sorry, over the weekend, uh, the federal administration announced that they're keeping their uh, uh, distancing guidelines in place for another month, so through the, the month of April. That means that Easter, for many people, if not most or all Americans, if they're following those guidelines, will um, have an Easter service um, while they're physically distant. Um, I don't know if that will be uh, by teleconference or by you know, going on site and, and just keeping your distance, which I think would maybe not be the best idea, but I imagine people will do it. Um, and that's kind of this very um, startling and somber realization that Easter, the highest holiday of the Christian calendar, will be spent alone, uh, you know, in our, our nuclear families and uh, maybe all by yourself if you don't have uh, a family that you're that you live with right now. Um, and uh, but regardless of that fact, we are to remember that we are made alive together with Christ. Um, and that by grace we have been saved and that we have reason for hope beyond hope, um, beyond COVID-19. Um, and uh, as difficult as it may be, the, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it will be difficult, but um, we, I've actually uh, just received an email. Um, oh, I may have to discuss this tomorrow. Uh, this morning, uh, I'll have to look this up later, but it looks as though the first military service members died from COVID-19, the, desi- the disease caused by this coronavirus. Um, and so that's uh, a really shocking and unfortunate announcement. Uh, members of the military are typically very healthy. They are you know, not typically in the high-risk category of being over 60 uh, and having underlying illnesses. Um, and so it's a reminder, not only can anybody uh, who's healthy and in good shape, um, anybody can can be become a fatality of, of COVID-19, but it, uh, for members of the military, I think this is uh, an especially startling and um, fearful, I won't say fearful, but very alarming announcement. Um, they're already very... Um, uh, the, the military moves around a lot, so the I, the quarantine stuff is difficult. But they also will be expected to serve, um, and will just like medical professionals, very likely be expected to expose themselves more and more to this. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing anything on the news yet about it. But um, uh, uh, according to Brother um, Lynn, uh, one of the founders of our community, the military has seen its first fatality from COVID-19. Um, so please pray for that service member and their families, their family. Um, and um, yeah, I, I might have more about it tomorrow. for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. 
Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them, and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where PPUHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.